Welcome to Superhouse Podcast. We are doing another deep dive into the Batman universe. This is the man who knows too much about Batman, Ben Juan, and I'm here with... I live in a world of indeed. This is Andrew, everybody. What's going on? And today... (laughs) I like that. (laughs) I like that. So years before the CW released the Batwoman show, the first adaptation of Batwoman was a directed DVD animated movie called Batman Mystery of the Batwoman in 2003. And totally re- had heard of this before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, you hadn't even heard of this at all before this? <laughs> Not really, man. <laughs> but I definitely watched it today. Every Reed. animated episode, you're just like, I've never seen this. I've never heard of this one. I'm, I'm dude. like, dude. <laughs> I'm, I'm like somewhere between total casual and like you. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my spectrum of Bat fandom. That's true. I'm like on the far extreme where people yeah. are just like, I've never heard of this shit. I'm just like, okay, I can't blame you because most people haven't. I don't think I've seen every episode of the original animated one in the oh, 90s, really? but I've seen most of them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So this was uh, kind of a later tie-in to it. So we had Phantasm, we had Sub-Zero, and uh, Batman Beyond Return of the Joker, and now this one. And uh, I think we've all revisited this movie or visited this movie for the first time. Have you seen this one before, Wolfie? Okay, so you guys saw this for the first time. Yep. Uh, yep. These are your... Uh, first impressions but for me yeah it, it came out and it was kind of just like oh it, it kind of just sprung up on me because i'm just like i don't know the concept that well i wasn't that familiar too familiar with batwoman comics other than her existence yeah. <laughs> i saw the movie um and then i think i pretty much forgot about this it afterwards. straight to dvd release yeah, yeah 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 it was um i think it seems more of like a let's just have fun type of stuff it was a little more lighthearted. yet it Alfred is telling jokes and shit in this one yeah yeah i mean it's we've seen <laughs> After yeah. all the animated stuff we've seen, it's even lighter than Batman versus Dracula. Like, oh, it's, yeah, this it is, is way more it is. kiddish. It feels like everyone was just like, let's just have a fun romantic comedy type Batman movie. I kept waiting on the reveal that she was a lesbian, honestly. <laughs> and then Whoopi looks in the middle of the thing to Wikipedia or something. She's like, oh, she wasn't lesbian until New 52. And yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Well, a little bit before that in, in the, oh, the storyline. The storyline 52. I know it's confusing. Okay. Uh, but uh, that was like... 2005, so it was two years after this movie. Okay. Would have been hilarious, though. <laughs> it was yeah. just like Bruce Wayne thinks that, and like he's got a girlfriend. Yeah, I like, wanted yeah. to see that scene, and I wanted to see like a progressive <laughs> animated show in 03. You know what I mean? That would right. be a cool thing to yeah. see as a fan, you know? All right. Well, what did you guys uh, think of this then as the first impressions of this? Much better Penguin than the other one. <laughs> <laughs> he's referring to Batman versus Dracula. Yes, everybody. exactly. Check that out, episode out. Um, it's the first time he's not voiced by Paul Williams. Okay. It's not the same right, voice. You right. probably know it's not the same voice as the animated yeah. series. Yeah, it was a little bit off. It's uh, Yeah, it's David Ogden Stiers who uh, does a ton of voices. He was Cogsworth in Beauty and the Beast. Oh, yeah, that's right. That name is really, really familiar. Yeah, he does a ton yeah. of shit, so it just yeah. seems... But I agree that it is kind of... It feels... I don't know, something's off because I'm so used to the Paul Williams yeah, voice right. that I'm just like, eh, it's not the same. This movie was like, it was okay. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> I, I liked that there were several Batwomen. Which yeah. was, that was the best part about it. It's a cool twist. It's a cool yeah. twist, but it's like ultimately, like especially after Return of the Joker, I love that one. Yeah. It's probably on the lower end of the ones that we've re- re- reviewed for the podcast. Oh, it's definitely the weakest of the animated ones yeah, we've seen right? so far. I'm not the only yeah. one thinking that? Okay. No, 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 yeah. Yeah, like it, it okay. it's it would have been yeah. fine as like a <laughs> as like a two parter in the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, since yeah. it's a movie and you're comparing it, we've got like look at the standard that we've had so far. Yeah. This just feels like it's gone in the different direction. And I don't even think it's like a new writer or anything. The writer is Michael Reeves, who contributed yeah. to writing Phantasm. It was solid. Yeah. It was like extremely 
But there's a lot going on, like especially we're watching these movies as adults now. Yeah. And it's like we have a gadget introduced in the beginning that's just like what Sub Zero, I think, and then we end on a boat just like Sub Zero. Sub Zero, yeah, yeah. So it's just like well, there's definitely like a lot of parallels going on here. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, what did you think, Wolfie? You, same stuff. <laughs> yes, I noticed. Wow, you're positive. That's for you, Matt Harry. That's for you, bro. <laughs> yeah, like the. Return of the Joker was amazing. Yeah. Just looking on, like, yeah, damn, this is a different true, yeah. level than the TV show. And this one is kind of like, eh, it feels like watching Saturday morning again. It yeah, it's a romantic comedy type I, Batman thing. I, yeah. I kept asking uh, Wolfie when we were watching it, do we still not know who Batwoman is? <laughs> like, I thought it was going to be easier than this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what it's called. It's Mystery of the Batwoman. Yeah, right, right, right. I will say this is probably the most female representation in a Batman movie. That's period. Yeah. Either live action or animated, yeah. Rather than just Mystery of the Batwoman. It was probably a marketing thing, like, hey, we want these woman characters there, but we want people to just accidentally pick this up at 7-Eleven right. thinking it's a Batman movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. <laughs> That's true. I think, uh, let's see, one of the other things that came up is there's an obvious, one of the obvious red herrings is the name of the, one of the name of the female leads is Kathy Duquesne. And yeah. Kathy Kane was the name of the uh, one, the Batwoman in the original appearance. So they were deliberately yeah, right, right. being like, you know, if you're a comic book fan, you're watching this, and it's like she's obviously Batwoman, and Bruce Wayne's on the same track, and yeah. then you have that twist where Batwoman shows up at the Iceberg Lounge at the same time, and you're like, wait a minute, that can't so be at this time, was it. Batwoman already in comics? Yeah, she showed up in the fifties. Oh shit! Yeah. Really? Yeah, and well, she was separate from Batgirl. Uh mm-hmm. yeah yeah we'll uh, we'll talk in terms of the the comic history um after the break but uh, in terms of this movie I thought it was clever how they they turned that turned that on you as well as introduce these other characters okay and not all of them are like thankfully not all of them are like pining for Bruce Wayne you know because they could have easily turned that uh, Rocky character into like oh she also has a crush on Bruce but yeah, then right. when it made it about like no I'm trying to release my boyfriend right. from jail and from prison and everything then I'm like oh, okay that's cool. Um, same thing with Sonia, uh, and she could have just been any like a Montoya replacement, which she kind of seemed to be in the beginning. We got and then that, it, yeah, we, yeah, we talked about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see other things outside of yeah. There's a different voice actors in a lot of these. So Paul Williams did not voice Penguin. There's a different Bane actor. Okay, it's uh, yeah. Hector Elizondo as opposed to uh, Paul Silva, uh, who was Bane in the regular cartoon. Uh, Tim Drake is different because I think the yeah. original Tim Drake had aged out at that point and wouldn't sound young enough. Oh, uh, wow. The last, okay. yeah, yeah, Matthew Valencia, uh, who last voiced him in Return of the Joker, but that was 2000. This is like three oh, years yeah. later. You imagine you're casting a teenager. Right. His voice probably has dropped to, you know, Kevin Conroy levels at that point. <laughs> so they need somebody else. I am Robin now. Yes. Uh, let's see. Carlton Duquesne was voiced by Kevin Michael Richardson, who we remembered because he two years later would be the Joker in Batman vs. Dracula. Oh, that's right, yeah. So that that's was right. kind of cool. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Let's see. Rupert Thorne is an interesting addition to this because he, he was a part of the animated show. He doesn't have that big of a role in this, but... Uh, He's like a, got a, a line and a half, right, pretty much? Yeah, but he this is the, actually the final performance of John Vernon, who voiced Thorne in the, oh, in the cartoon shit. show and in this movie. So uh, he died a couple of years later, but this was his final performance okay. uh, of all time. So uh, that's... that's uh, that's it when it comes to actor trivia in this. Um, when you were watching it, did you have a suspicion in terms of who Batman or not Batman, who Batwoman was um, while going through? Like for sure it's Kathy or for sure it's Rocky I or whatever. I thought just, I thought it was a blonde. 
You thought it was Rocky. That was, yeah, Rocky. Yeah, I don't. She know has why. a name, Andrew. Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> the white one. Well, also, she seems to have the most likely like Clark Kent type persona of like, yeah. oh, like I'm the unassuming one because I'm just the clumsy nerd. Whereas like Kathy's like the headstrong mob daughter, and Sonya's a cop. So then it's like, okay, she seems to be the least obvious. Therefore, she's kind of the most obvious. It's the only one. The the Rocky's the only one that really uh, showed like fighting prowess. Uh, out of the suit. Oh yeah, that's true. Too. So that's that, and plus the metal thing. So mm, yeah. So that was my reasoning. True. Yeah. That was Kelly Ripa, by the way. Yeah, I know. That's <laughs> weird. It feels weird now listening to it. I'm just like, I, I just, I'm just picturing basically the daytime talk show. I'm not really yeah, picturing yeah. the character. Uh, yeah. Well, she was in the, uh, I think she was in the animated series, or at least she played yeah, we, voice background a lot. Yeah. She was Harley later on. Who's yeah. original Harley voice? Arlene Sorkin. Oh, that's right. You told yeah, us that. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why we can't retain that info. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Arlene. Uh, Arlene Sorkin. Um, Arlene Ar- Sorkin. Arlene, yeah. Arlene Sorkin is uh, Paul Dini's friend from college. Okay. Um, I haven't talked to her in a while, but I did meet her at one point. she from Jersey? Uh, I think so, actually. Oh, wow. She uh, is married to one of the co-creators of Modern Family. And oh, so she doesn't need this shit anymore. Well, no, she doesn't. <laughs> um, and... <laughs> Basically, Paul Dini had to write the outside of the shit. <laughs> uh, yes, she is. I've been to her that house. Man, who? Oh, you've been to her house? <laughs> yes. Oh, she signed man. a couple of Harley things for me, but one of the one of the things yeah, that. Get out of here, you <laughs> <know>. <laughs> no, I, I. It's funny. We're talking about Harley in a, for a movie that doesn't even feature her, but uh, I found out that I was going to have to deliver something as an intern to her house. Oh, shit. For a production company I was working for, I'm just like it can't be the same. But then I like I call in because they have, you know, rich people have that gate where you you press you dial in yeah. and everything for the intercom. So she comes out. I'm just like this has got to be her. So I just said, by the way, I'm a huge fan of Batman the Animated Series and Harley yeah. Quinn and everything. And she hugged me and she'd come inside, you know, oh, shit. and everything. And I would totally like be down to talk about the the show and Batman and everything. So yeah. she told me about how. She was Paul Dini's friend in college, and when it came time for Dini to come up with a hench woman or a hench person for right. Joker, he was like, well, let me think about it. And he saw Arlene on Days of Our Lives, where her character was in a dream sequence dressed up as a jester. What? And, he, and he's like, yeah. What? And he's like, that's my character. And so he created Harley Quinn and told her, like, you are the only person I imagine playing this character. Let's let's make this happen. What's the ultimate Batman Wikipedia? Is it just Wikipedia? My brain. Oh, well, other no. than that. Um, <laughs> Batman. I don't know. The problem, my problem with the Wikipedia that are out there for Batman. DC Wikia? Even those, I'm just like, they're, they're very, they're like shallow. Like, we've done deeper dives than what basic you can find shit. on wiki on Wikipedia. Yeah. We so no basic bats. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. I wouldn't. Bad boys. I wouldn't really, I don't really have much That's on that. Story. Yeah. No, it, it is, that is. The original, uh, that's the origin of Harley. Maybe we can talk more about it when we get to the Birds of Prey stuff in February. Yes. But that is... Preview, y'all. Yeah. February. <laughs> February. But then later on for uh, Arkham City, I think. Yeah, I think for Arkham City is when Tara Strong officially took over for oh, yeah. the voices of Harley and everything. She does a great impression of uh, what Arlene did. But I think Arlene's last performance as Harley was in the Arkham Asylum game. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. So... Uh, let's see. Other than that, what I do like is Batman is very much a detective in this. 
Yeah. It's called yeah. Mystery of the Batwoman. It's yeah. every single animated movie we've seen so far has definitely enhanced on the detective aspects. Yeah. Fan, Mask of the Phantasm is a mystery. Sub-Zero maybe not as much, but still yeah, like him much, trying yeah. to figure out like where Barbara is. Um, Return of the Joker, obviously, that's a, that's a big one. Like how the fuck is Joker back? Like there's right. always a central mystery at the core of these and you didn't have that in any of the live action movies no. ever. So it's definitely it's much have more that. at the core of this one. Yeah. Yeah. It's especially when he, plot. yeah. When he figures yeah. out that it's all three of them. Yeah. And they confront Sonya with all the evidence and everything. Right. I'm just like, okay, this is prime world's greatest detective Batman here. Right. 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 Um, other things I, pre- yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I, I appreciate about like the animated series version is that you can tell when he's Bruce and when he's in Batman mode, but just not in the costume yet. Yeah. I was kind of disappointed, though, when he was like, I'm just going to go into the mall, right? And he goes to follow her, and all he does is just stand around, and suddenly she goes to him. I'm like, well, wait a minute. That's too easy. Like, if anything, you should go to her or anything. She shouldn't be sure to trust. Like, make it tough on on the situation. Maybe early 30s. The thing that's kind of like, mm, I don't know, is the whole Barbara calling him, right. and she just, like, she's going to college. <laughs> I can see where you're coming from on that. <clears throat> yeah. But I feel like that's uh he she doesn't want Batman cheating on her with a female crime fighting partner, I, I th- not a romantic partner. I I know, but Bruce Tim is a huge proponent of Batman Batgirl romance. Oh, okay. So that's what the implication is. I get, I chose to read that too when I first yeah. saw this as an innocent kid in 2003. <laughs> but now I'm, I'm like a, I'm a dirtbag. Because <laughs> remember, college age is Bruce has okay, to be, bro. Bruce has to be old enough to have gone through all the training, then to become Batman, then to adopt Robin, see Dick Grayson grow up from like the little kid in Robin's Reckoning right. to like the college kid. So that's at least like twelve years, right? And then adopts Tim Drake, and now Barbara's going to college. Bruce must be thirty-five, going on. 40 like yeah. it's That's weird like, yeah. i don't know why bruce tim has this fixation on it i'm always just like barbara gordon and dick grayson is makes way more sense to me right yeah i don't feel like i need that either yeah well we saw that with killing joke too in the yeah. killing joke movie was i was ridiculous. like what the fuck that was the most egregious thing he just flat out was like let's just do it yeah yeah <laughs> we need to add more screen time to make this a feature <laughs> they should have just kept it to the fucking comic Oh well, you I can mean, listen to our how killing about you joke. Just make episode. a forty-minute thing and save some money and make the fans happy too. The fans would have been happy with just a straight adaptation. You don't need a prologue. I feel like we're just repeating what we said in two thousand sixteen. Yeah, I when know. this thing came yeah, out, but yeah, yeah. this is how strongly we feel about this, guys. Yeah, it's it's dumb. Killing joke. <laughs> I'm sure there's. I think there are fan edits of people who just edited out the beginning, and you just be had to start easy. with. Yeah, all you have to do is just not have the beginning. I actually have not seen that. I'll you haven't seen any of these animated movies. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I enjoy them. I just I'm discovering most of them through the podcast. At this point, I'm going to be surprised if you have seen the That's animated true. movie That's we're true. going to come up with. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Other thing I appreciate is that uh, with with Bane, I saw Justice League Dark where he fights a shit monster. Okay, what well, the you know fuck that. is that all about? Wait, I don't remember the shit monster. Well, that's the only R-rated animated. One no, Killing Joke is. It's never a monster mind. Yeah, made of shit. One. I forgot about that. Yeah, that that was that's shitty. Shows what I remember about that movie. Yeah, not very. It wasn't that great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> one of the other things I appreciate about this movie is Bane. Not necessarily his role in it because he has a small role, but uh, when his venom tubes get cut 
Yeah. He's like, I can still crush you. And I'm just like, yes, thank you. Because yeah, I'm tired good. of this whole, yeah. like, Batman just has to slice off the, the tubes as a battering. And right, suddenly he's just like right. a weakling. I'm like, that's right. It's terrible. Yeah, because it's, it's all out there. We saw that Batman and Robin. You can kind of argue it was kind of like that in Dark Knight Rises, even though it's a different purpose for it. But all he did was just slice the thing. And suddenly Tom Hardy is just like whimpering. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> How do you eat? Yeah, I know, right? Right. Right, right, right. Yeah, like I, I always point to the very like I, I point to the fight between him and the John Paul Valley Batman in the comic where I think John Paul Valley slices the tubes and that's like maybe a quarter into the fight and Batman still nearly kicks his ass. So like it, it just goes to show yeah, Bane does Bane nearly ki- kills John Paul Valley, but um John ends up, you know, taking him out. Uh but it, it just goes to show like he doesn't need the venom. In order to be strong, he doesn't need the venom in order to fight you. Right, right, it's just right. a bonus. You right. slice the tubes, but like you still got to fight this dude. Right. So those are the main thing. So uh, when we get back from the break, we will. Hmm? No, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> when we get back from the break, <laughs> when we go back to the break, we will cover uh, the history of the Batwoman. Hey everybody, it's Andrew. I just wanted to tell you about our friend Israel's retro gaming shop. Retro Co. If you go to retro-ko.com, you'll be able to see all of his retro gaming goodies. If you wanted to get that Sega Saturn hidden gem from back in the day, or if you wanted to get the Famicom disc system that you never got as a kid, or any other type of retro game that you were into, or uh, import game, please go to retroco.com. That's retro-ko.com. And if you use the Superhouse code Johnson's Ballsack, you'll be able to get a little bit of a discount at checkout. So please, once again, if you could just go to retroco.com, you can also go to facebook.com slash retroco with no hyphen. That's R-E-T-R-O-K-O. You'll be able to find him on Facebook as well. If you were looking for that PlayStation import game that you never got, if you were looking for that Mega Drive game that you never got, or any other kind of retro game, any import game, it could even be European. Israel also curates bundles at RetroCo, and he'll curate that bundle just for you. So please, go check him out. If you put in the code Johnson's Ballsack at checkout, you'll receive a Superhouse discount. And we're back. So we're going to cover not the mystery of the Batwoman, but the history of Batwoman Ooh. in the comics. I like that copy yes. there, Ben. See what I did there. So <laughs> <laughs> right now she's known for being the uh, you know lesbian superhero, the lead on a CW show. But way before that is uh, the 1950s is when she was created. Batman and Robin were the main heroes at that point. And their comics were kind of in trouble because this is when the shrink, Frederick Wortham, came up with oh. Seduction of the Innocent yeah. and claimed that Batman and Robin were in a homosexual relationship. Yeah, yeah. And that this was tainting the minds of the readers. That's the worst thing ever. <clears throat> yes, that is the worst For thing ever. For someone to be gay, it's the worst. Yes, this goes, goes to show the time period. Especially Batman. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and around that time, they were His already... His name is Dick. <laughs> they were Can already... you run that by me one more time? <laughs> they wear tights at night, sleeping that they aren't... There's some there's some uh, panels where they sleep in the same bed. Too, yeah, there's though. some panels that sleep in the same bed. The, yeah, the fact that it's, that's he, not good. It's him and this other kid and this another really support our case here. Guys. Another man who's Alfred. Like it's three men in the same place. They wear right. tights. They go out at night. Their nighttime activities. They shy away from relationships with women. Like 
So Wortham was talking about this as if this was like this was wrong in the seduction of the innocent. So it's one thing to theorize that they're gay. It's another thing to say they're gay and this is wrong and you should no longer re- be reading comics and you know f- partially because of homophobia and also because of relating it into just the whole comic genre in general. So DC Comics is like, well, we got to find ways to combat this, which is why they created Aunt Harriet. Oh yeah, it's so that there is a, a motherly figure in Wayne Manor, and then they're just for like, the show though, right? Not for the comics. Uh, I think she showed up in the comics at one point. She was in the she, comics slightly was, before, probably. I think so. Yeah. Okay. I'll have to look that up, and if not, then I'll just correct myself in a future episode. <laughs> um, I'm not a big department. Aunt Harriet fan. You don't know so. everything about Aunt Harriet? Come on, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure Aunt Harriet is Dick Grayson's aunt, though. And oh, Kiva really? Goldsman, whenever he references her in his scripts, he makes it seem that she's Bruce Wayne's aunt. So, sorry, Akiva, but... She's all. she's mainly in the 66 Batman, so everybody our dad's age thinks that she's part of, like, regular Batman lore, but she's not. She's just in that fucking iteration, mainly, yeah, yeah. mainly or speaking. Or if she was in a comic, she was in, like, one comic. No, she wasn't. She was, in the, she was definitely in the comics. I gotta look up before it was... Before or after the series, because there was... Well, they first they invented the old woman, and then that's when they brought in <laughs> Batwoman to be like... Guess what? Batman is not gay, guys, because he has this love interest. So Batwoman is older than Batgirl. Yeah. Okay. Batwoman right. came way before Batgirl by a good. Oh, no, no, no. After Catwoman, but for I think it's it's because of that Catwoman was a villain, and like yeah, they were always matter. fighting and stuff. It didn't They're matter. Just, like, it doesn't much. matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. You can't have Batman with criminal. Okay. So he's always going to turn down Catwoman, and that's always going to look like Batman's gay because he's turning down <laughs> this sexy woman who's coming after him. I gotta give Wortham credit. Mad props for the name Seduction of, of the, the Innocent. innocent. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> marketing, from marketing standpoint, this motherfucker had it. Like, that is fucking is amazing. Clickbait. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing, right? It's incredible <laughs> right. just by the name alone. It was it was good marketing on his part, yeah. Wasn't there a guy named William Boring or something? Literally, his name was Boring? Wayne Boring. Wayne he Boring. He was an artist, I think. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, Kathy Kane shows up in Detective Comics 233 in 1956 as Batwoman. She has, like, this bright yellow and red and black outfit. She catches Batman Robin by surprise. So, this is the this is not a sanctioned vigilante in Batman. Kind of like in Mystery of the Batwoman. Yeah. She just kind of randomly shows up. She's a copycat. If anything, she's kind of the first copycat Batman. Kind of like, you know, the so copycats that's, in So, that's Dark written into the original DNA. Because they, they kind of kept that aspect across the years, right? The, like whole, the, the fact that she's she's not brought under Batman's wing and right, yeah. like doesn't grow up with them like Batgirl and Robin. Right, she's she's like, already she's a copycat hero. She's already around Bruce's age. Anyway, yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, she yeah. Wouldn't, yeah. She wants to make it seem like she's connected with him, probably to the people outside, but internally she may, she doesn't care. Maybe so she shows up. Batman doesn't approve of her, but we find out that she is uh, sort of in behind the mask socialite Kathy Kane who's kind of like the female equivalent to Bruce Wayne another rich heiress type who is spending her days and she doesn't have any sort of my parents were killed origin she kind of just wants to help out that's so cool there's not much we need more of that more to, I, I mean I guess so but <laughs> there's not much depth to her but it was the 50s that's true <laughs> yeah yeah <clears throat> She's a grown-ass woman. Yeah, she doesn't have that aspect to it. So it's just like, I'm doing this because I want, because it's right, and I have fun doing it. Batman's like, you know, you can't you can't do this. you got to be a sanctioned vigilante. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I have to approve of you. A steward of the law. Well, he claims that it's also because he's looking out for her because he doesn't know her training because he personally okay. trained Robin, but he doesn't know her, and he's like, you could get hurt. So it's always about that. She would, instead of having a utility belt, 
she had a utility purse. So her <laughs> progressive y'all were very. My, a lot of the gadgets were rooted in cosmetics, <laughs> lipstick, compacts, bracelet, hairnets, like all that type of stuff. I mean, to play devil's advocate a little bit, it is kind of good ninja way to fucking carry some shit. You know, like hide, yeah, it's, hide it's in plain sight. and later on they introduced her cousin betty kane who became the first batgirl now that's batgirl hyphen and that's she was a little a teenage blonde girl who's supposed to be the love interest for robin and Uh, she didn't have so he doesn't seem gay (laughs) yeah so he doesn't seem gay and um instead of the full cow she just had the mask and the blonde hair. So that's kind of what Alicia Silverstone takes after in uh, Batman gotcha. Robin. Gotcha. That's off interesting. the original Batgirl. <laughs> Why? <laughs> oh my it's Batwoman God. and Batgirl. Well, later on, they would re- revamp all of these. Because right now, it's like 1950s ridiculousness. And then around like 1964, the new editor of DC Comics is like, this is too busy. This is like Batman... Batwoman, Robin, and Batgirl, and Ace the Bat-Hound, and Batmite were all, like, in adventures. <laughs> Batmite. <laughs> and they would do stuff like go back in time or go to different planets, and the editors, like, that's not, like, suddenly every fucking hero is, like, going back in time and planets, and, like, everybody's interchangeable. Yeah, probably. Yeah, exactly. That's why Grant Morrison later on said that in his mind, every Batman comic is canon and all the stuff about time travel or planets is just Batman having been overdosed too much on like fear gas and Joker venom and stuff. So, which makes way more sense. Yeah. So, he ties it all together. Yeah, (laughs) it works so well. (laughs) So, they end up writing out the. Yeah. The (laughs) Batman mad trip, dark trip. Dark trip. Dark trip. There you go. That is actually pretty cool. Grant Morrison, where are you, man? I've shaken your mighty hand before at a panel. Oh yes, I have. Oh, nice. I have shaken. I'll go. Yeah, I'll go a little bit into Grant Morrison stuff in a bit. But the, what happened was they stopped. They stopped writing Batwoman and Batgirl into the the, the comics. In 1964, cause all that they 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 don't care if they were gay or not anymore. They they're like, yeah, it was like 10 years later, and they're just like, we need to streamline everything because yeah. sure we got Batman's adventures with Robin, Batwoman, Batgirl, and Ace the Bathound, but we also have Superman with Supergirl, Jimmy Olsen being his pal, uh, and uh, Crypto the Superdog. Like everybody's got a whole bunch of everybody's got a family of superheroes. Everybody's Jimmy got Olsen a had his fucking own fucking pet. comic line even back then. Yeah, Jimmy Olsen has his own thing. Superman's pal. Yeah, was a name or something like. Like, that's the whole fucking comic, him fucking being an intern yeah, exactly. newspaper <laughs> company. <laughs> like that, but that's how popular this shit was, I think, at the time. If you think about it, uh, all Stan Lee had to do was have give uh, Jimmy Olsen spider powers and turn that into Spider-Man. Pretty much, yeah. yeah it was, like, so similar. Yeah. So, in 66 is when they're just like, let's do a new Batgirl because the new show is popular and we want a new female presence in that. So, that's when they created the Barbara Gordon Batgirl, who's obviously the one who stayed. Right. But occasionally, Kathy Kane would come back and in the 70s or so, she was brought back in a Ra's al Ghul story where she was killed off supposedly by uh, a brainwashed version of uh, Ben Turner, a.k.a. the Bronze Tiger. So, that was the end of her for the okay. time being, but then Grant Morrison years later ended up completely rewriting that. Okay. 
So, first off, he took note of the fact that her name was Kathy Kane. Obviously, the Kane part being named after Batman's quote-unquote creator, uh, <laughs> Bob Kane. If you guys want to know why I said that, please check out our episode, Return to Batman by Bob Kane, <laughs> where we reviewed his treatment of the 1980s treatment that he wrote. And Batman and Bill. <clears throat> and, and Batman and Bill, yeah. Uh, but uh, later on, as a tribute to Bob Kane, they said that Martha's maiden name was Kane. Oh yeah, Martha okay. Kane. But then it's just like, wait Martha. a minute. So does that mean that Batman's love interest <laughs> was related to him? Oh God. So there we go. Uh, Grant Morrison came up with a way around it, where by saying that her birth name was Kathy Webb, and she married young to Nathan Kane, Martha's brother. Okay. So she's kind of like his step aunt kind of thing, and then Nathan. Yeah, Nathan died. (laughs) (laughs) While watching this movie. (laughs) Uh, Nathan died, and she ended up getting uh, roped into the spy organization called Spiral. And so she's kind of a, not just a vigilante, but she's also like a secret operative for this organization. And her father is like this Nazi criminal scientist dude who runs it. So that's how she got involved with that. And Morrison, of course, reveals that she faked her death. In that old Razal Ghoul story where she was supposedly killed, and that she's actually alive and she's working as a, as an assassin who helps out Batman at the end of the. Did story. he change any kind of like personality traits, quirks, um, uh, family history, how he relates? She I relates mean, to Bruce. The like family like history that? is basically what I just described, where she okay. married uh, Bruce's uncle okay. way back, and then his uncle died, and she was a widower. I mean, she was a widow, and then she kind of just took on the Batwoman thing, but uh, and then her being part of the secret agent. Uh, organization sort of informs how she acted okay. as a Batwoman. So that's how they sort of wrapped up the Kathy Kane stuff. And then later on in 2005 or so is when the Storyline 52 came out and they decided to do their own new version of Batwoman. This one was going to be named Kate Kane. And sort of as a an ironic twist on the fact that Batwoman was originally created in the 50s to say Batman and Robin aren't gay, Right. They made this Batwoman gay. So they made her a lesbian. Ah, Yeah. (laughs) She's an army veteran. And she was introduced as an ex girlfriend to Montoya. What year was this when she when they finally wrote her like this? Two thousand five. Okay, gotcha. It was rebirth. Yeah. I mean uh, when New New Fifty Two. It was before New Fifty Two. Before New Called Fifty Two. Oh yeah. And later on they they did New Fifty Two. So she shows up as Batwoman. And that's when you get the red hair and the red bat insignia on the chest, all the things that we now associate with with Batwoman. That New 52 artwork I, on New 52, it was yeah. incredible. Yeah, I love yeah. that Batwoman. Those covers, I mean. We talked about uh, J.H. Williams. Yeah, those yeah. covers, those are, oh, man, awesome. Some uh, of the best art. of New 52. It's art. So that, yeah. yeah. Was her mouth covered? I don't think her mouth I don't think so, covered. no. A lot of Batgirls like Robins. <laughs> Batgirls. <laughs> Let's see. First it. time I ever saw that was with cosplay, and I was like, Who the fuck what is going on here? Yeah. But all right. She's like a mute because she was... I don't think so. Not everybody's a lesbian, okay, man? Not every female in this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, she was raised by David Kane, who was one of Bruce Wayne's mentors, and he was an assassin, and he raised her so that her language was violence. So she okay. showed up during No Man's Land and okay. uh, helped save Commissioner Gordon because Two-Face had hired Kane to take out Commissioner Gordon, okay. and she knew that it was going to be her dad, so... She went up against him, and they decided, hey, since she's been helping out and she wants to help out and she has these skills, 
uh, she gets christened to be the new Batgirl by uh, Barbara Gordon herself. Okay. Because Barbara was pissed about the fact that Huntress was posing as Batgirl beforehand. Okay. So this Cassandra was the first Batgirl after Barbara Gordon to get the blessing uh, of that. And uh, because of the this new... <laughs> what are you drinking there, man? <laughs> Tell the audience. <laughs> Please pay us, Hansons. <laughs> oh, my gosh. He's got to pop water. one each episode. <laughs> no. And so later on, they said, hey, Martha Kane is the maiden name to Bruce's mom. And we've got okay. Kate Kane. So let's just make it his cousin. Okay. So, kissing cousin? No, not kissing cousins. Well, because... The, <laughs> Damn. Like, First cousin. It's not like she's going to be into Bruce anyway. So now we have... It looks Damn like, it. While Thomas Wayne seems to have been an only child like Bruce, Martha appears to have had at least three siblings. She had... Oh, I never even thought about yes. this. She had Nathan, who was the one who, in Grant Morrison's era married Kathy Webb to turn her into Kathy Kane, not to be confused with Kate Kane. Um, and then there's... Yeah. <laughs> Battle of the Canes. Um, and then there's... And then there's Jacob Kane, who is the father to Batwoman, Kate Kane, and is kind of her Alfred. Um, and they kind of uh, turned him into more of her Commissioner Gordon okay. in, the, in the CW show. Um, and then there's Philip Kane in the New 52 who was the guy who kind of runs Wayne Enterprises. He's kind of like the Charles Palantine character I talked oh, about in yeah. the Bruce Wayne episode or Rutger Hauer's character in Batman Begins where he's running Wayne Enterprises and um, ends up getting blackmailed and becoming part of the Red Hood gang and gets killed by the head Red Hood before that guy dunks it into the chemicals and becomes Joker. Uh, so Batman has a whole bunch of uncles. Uh, one's dead, one's still alive and helping Batwoman, and the other one, oh, is also dead and was killed by the Joker. So that's what happens when you're related to Bruce. So you either become a vigilante or you get killed. Uh, and oh my god! And at one point, uh, was cursed. Yeah, Kate, and we end up getting introduced to Kate's other cousin, uh, Betty, and that's where Betty Kane comes in. Remember the first okay. Batgirl? They decide yeah. to revamp her, and her new name is Flamebird. I think Flamebird. <laughs> I think that's like a hippie down- parents. Yeah. I oh, think man. that's a downgrade from uh, from Betty Crocker <laughs> from, <laughs> from Batgirl but oh well I wouldn't want to be called a girl's a superhero name that doesn't sound very intimidating there's probably some Sparrow yeah Peregrine <laughs> something like that Falcon I guess Condor. because it's like there's Batwoman so you could also instead of Robin it's some other bird I Albatross guess. maybe yeah the Albatross other thing so then, obviously, more recently, CW did their own adaptation of Batwoman uh, right now where uh, they kept a lot of the same elements. So she's also a lesbian. She's also an Army veteran. Her dad's still around, um, though instead of being sort of the guy who's like her Alfred and helping her out, he's kind of the Commissioner Gordon type who is kind of hunting down this random vigilante copycat. Uh, she's assisted by Luke Fox, who is Lucius Fox's son in the comics. Uh, I don't think Betty is in it, but it looks like Betty's been replaced by a stepsister character who's kind of like this doctor who helps treat her in the clinic and stuff. And, okay. And uh, is probably, I'm predicting, going to be primed to become like her future sidekick and shit. So um, the show has been all right. Uh, I'm mainly watching a lot of the CW shows right now to prime for Crisis on Infinite Earths. Right, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to just jump right in, bro. You're going to be so lost, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> we will do this. <laughs> I'll, I'll explain everything in the pod. I think I'll be all right. That we'll do afterwards. <laughs> Jumping right in, not preparing whatsoever. <laughs> no wiki reading. 
And uh, let's see. The, the one cool thing that they had in there, there's, it's only in one fucking scene. But at one point, Batwoman's going to need go- – she's going to need night vision, right? And she asks Luke Fox, you know, I'm going to need goggles. And Luke Fox says – and I don't know if there's a reaction to the Justice League Batman suit, but Luke Fox says – Batman doesn't do goggles. No, oh, that's, that's definitely a reaction. <laughs> that's definitely a reaction, and So the bro. next fight scene we see... Yeah, don't bring it up. Yeah. <laughs> Any release the Snyder Cut fans are going to fucking rip into that. But anyway, uh, so the next scene that we see... It won't be great. Yeah, the next scene that we see <laughs> is... A f- <laughs> I have a trench coat, even though I have a cape. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I had one explanation for that in our Justice League rewrite. Please check it out. Just a link the time travel cut on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> so after Batman doesn't use goggles, uh, we cut to a fight scene with her night vision. But instead of night vision goggles or anything like that, she's got the lenses. Okay. The white lenses. Yeah, yeah, and it yeah. looks fantastic. It's the best version of the lenses I've seen. On any of times, suit in live action ever. In any of the Batman suits where they've tried to do it, because they tried to yeah. do it Batman Forever, they tried to do it Dark Knight, but the problem is like they made the lenses like more part of the cowl. Yeah. So it looks a little clunky as opposed to making it looking like the actual eyes. Because the problem with making it part of the cowl is that it doesn't move. I got a question anything. about this, actually, though. Yeah. Like, how do I say this? Whenever you were reading the comics yeah. growing up, yeah. Did you expect those eyes to be to literally be lit up like that? Because I always envisioned that. Even as a kid, I took that as an artistic choice. I never really saw that as like, oh, they, they have to be white in um, in real in real life adaptations. Growing, well, growing up, I I grew up with the '89 movie, so I'm just I, I didn't it didn't really come together to me until later on when I saw uh, the fan film Batman Dead End. Where they gave him the white eyes. Oh yeah, that's right. And yeah. I was like, oh shit! Like that can actually come to life, and that's fucking cool. And it is that's, cool. That's, that's closer. That it's closer to the look for sure. It, it is closer to the look. It's debatable on whether or not that's um, that's going to be good for a long term thing because people can talk about like, oh, like look at Deadpool and stuff like that, or or look at what they did in, in this one scene in Batwoman. But you know, I'm I don't have a preference either way. I like yeah. the idea of it. I think it's something that he should switch on and off if you're going to yeah. put it in rather yeah. than something that he has the whole time. Um, because as you've noticed, there's a lot of the superhero films have more of an annoying tendency than, than the comics to have their hero unmasked randomly in fight scenes or yeah, at the yeah, end or yeah, something. Yeah. Toby because the actor wants to show his unmasked. or her face. Yeah, every Spider-Man's unmasked in the final fight. If yeah, you notice that, right, right, like, right. Every right. single one. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, keep your right. fucking mask on. Keep your fucking mask on. Keep your fucking mask on. Fucking superhero, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) At least, like, I think all, nearly all the Batman movies are all like, oh yeah, where he doesn't doesn't even take it off. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, Yeah. well, that's yeah, 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 we'll see. Anyways, that is what I got on Batwoman. Not as deep as our usual deep dives, but it's a light movie and super pick apart question right now. Sure. Uh, There's a. Robin, I think, is reading a comic that says mutants on it, and Penguin references Wolverines. So, is there some sort of like one of the dudes worked with X Men? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Could just be a tribute to it. I would have to look that one up. It's just it's two things. That's all it is. Very there is very a slight for DC comic characters. I've noticed to reference Marvel stuff. Why is that? I don't know. Just fun, I guess. Like yeah. in the Flash, they're always just like you know Spider Sense. X-Men. Oh, yeah. It does make it it, fun. Like, Marvel Comics exists in in the Flash show. I think they also talk about Batman and Daredevil Comics. They're like, you're not Batman or something like that. Yeah. I mean, if you notice, there's there's usually some counterpart 
to it. Like, look at Aquaman and Namor the Submariner. Like, that's kind of obvious. Yeah. Dude, they directly go, like, compete against one another, yeah. dude. Yeah, like with Doom Patrol and X-Men. Although X-Men is way better than Doom Patrol, but... Doom Patrol was out before that. Yeah. They came out same year, but months apart, but they must have known each other were working on it. And, I mean, yeah, it's... it's They ripped them off in a way, but they made it something much better, in my opinion. Marvel did. Yeah, it's much more... In that yeah, case. Varied. Yeah. Doom Patrol is still very niche. I mean, I like the TV show, but it still feels yeah. more niche than X-Men, where it feels a little bit more... Accessible, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. More accessible yeah. version of that, yeah. <laughs> more, more punk rock in a way too, I'd say. Well, at least a '90s version and on. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I was talking to Andrew at one point. I don't think I've put this on the pod, but I was like, I've always wanted to do an alternate story. If, if there's ever, because sometimes Marvel and DC have those crossovers. Very like, rarely, but yeah, right? yeah. Or yeah. Batman, Daredevil, Batman and Punisher. How do they react to each other? That type of shit. Um, and then they have the Amalgam series where they combine certain characters. Um, but yeah, with Dark Claw, Dark Dark Claw for everyone listening is is Wolverine and Batman combined. It's too good. Yeah. So I, I, I what I'd love to do is do one where it's an alternate universe where what if um, Matt Murdock gets blinded. And he's like, I'm as blind as a bat, so I'm going to be Batman. Oh, and yeah, Bruce cool. Wayne is like, I need a symbol to strike fear into the hearts of criminals, so I'm going to put the fear of the devil in them. And yeah, Bruce becomes that's, Daredevil. That's badass. Yeah. Yeah, it makes more sense for them to switch. That's yeah, true. That's it true. makes way more sense for them to switch. And then you could you could also... <laughs> and then what, what I would do is just... The only main thing is that it's Matt Murdock as Batman, but all the other... Batman characters still exist. It's just they just have different relationships to him because it's Matt Gotham. Murdock. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just yeah. Matt Murdock instead of Bruce Wayne. So he's still a lawyer dude, not, just not a you know a billionaire playboy. So you can play around with the stuff that Harvey Dent is his best friend from law school, along with Foggy Nelson. Damn, if you're gonna fucking really work, then or instead of Foggy Nelson, and then he gets scarred, and that's heartbreaking because that was the guy who's been yeah. Yeah, this movie also mystery of the Batwoman. It's mm-hmm. like it. It made me think like, are there any heroes out there? Any comics? Any, any indie comics or whatever, image or whatever, where there's a hero where the whole shtick is it's somebody different in the suit every night, or there's like a team that's switching off the same person. I'm sure there. That'd is. be pretty cool. Um, yeah, that's the I'm whole. Not, that's their whole deal. Yeah, I think I think Batman Incorporated tried to do something like that when Grant Morrison did that, where he's just like, okay, now it's Batman Incorporated, where like I take all the vigilantes around the world, and you all are Batman, and you all work for me. And some of those were actual indie comics from France and shit too, right? Like they're real heroes or real publications or were over the, there. Yeah, or were into DC Comics beforehand. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I think it was. Yeah. Um, there's the Japanese when he brought back Lord Deathman. Yeah, that's he, fucking he, incredible. He had his own. Uh, I think his name was Mister Zero or something like that. Yeah, not to be confused with the Mister Freeze guy, but Mister Zero, something like that was the Japanese Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it's it's a cool Tokyo idea. Tokyo needs a hero, bro. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's a cool idea. I, I always love the Batman Incorporated idea just because it's like it's how much he can spread the legend worldwide. It's right. not just like Batman's more than just one person. It's everybody now, and I can be all over the place. Keep masturbating into those sigils, Grant Morrison, <laughs> that chaos magic that you practice. Because like <laughs> <laughs> you're the explore, only one that liked that, probably. You can explore more more shit with that. Like I, I don't think Batman Beyond would have worked if you didn't have Bruce Wayne in it at all. It would just be like, okay, now this is this Brad Kidd in the Batsuit. You need the connection, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, now it's just like it, it's cool to see... How he's how he is in old age. How does he 
mentor somebody because we don't really see the mentor Bruce Wayne as much as you would think because mm-hmm. they don't really cover a lot of him training Robin and stuff as you would think if you think about it. That's not really in a lot of the movies. In the cartoons, if Robin shows up, he's already Robin in the, in the 90s cartoon or that type of stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, like, even, even Titans takes place after... Yeah, Titans takes place after all that shit has happened. So, I'm like, okay, we still missed it. Uh, we've seen bits and pieces true. of flashbacks, yeah, yeah, but we still true. missed it. Uh, the closest we could have gotten was... Um, I know you weren't here for the Batman Forever episode, but in the Batman Forever, the original script by The Bachelors, there was a whole montage, about five pages, of him training Dick Grayson all over the manor and teaching him the stuff in terms of just, like, you know, we don't kill. And Dick's like, why not? Like, where's the guns and shit? And, like, Bruce just laying <laughs> down the law on him. <laughs> yeah. Where's the guns and shit? Where's the guns, man? You got bazookas, right, Bruce? <laughs> Batzookas. Only, only on the Batmobile, which I don't <laughs> yeah. use for killing at all. <laughs> Never once. Never Not once. at all. Not Never. even as Ben Affleck. Oh, wait. So that is it for what I got on Mystery of the Batwoman. It's a fun, light, fair. It's not as deep as the other animated movies, so we can't really rank it as high as the other ones. Yeah. But it's still worth watching and still presents the characterization. It's as well cool to see everybody. Batwoman, you know, yeah. like first animated feature, first animated anything, first animated, first, well, first adaptation of Batwoman at all. I think I don't right? think she was in anything before this. Right, right, right. So, see, the suit is cool. I always yeah. thought her suit was cool. Her, to me, her suit's kind of cooler than Batgirl. Just my personal preference. Yeah, uh, I agree. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It was it was okay. Is Blood, Blood even a district of of uh, Gotham? No, it's a separate city. It is a separate city. It's supposed to be a separate city, yeah. So one interpretation I heard was that Gotham is somewhere in New Jersey and Metropolis is New York. So they're close, but they're not. They're definitely in different states. But they they've never. There's no real point in really nailing that geography down. Yeah. For I mean, the, I for think the it, most part. Of all the changes that was Batman versus Superman, it kind of made sense to have it across the river just because it's like you've got the two heroes yeah, kind of yeah, thing. So yeah. I mean, it only makes sense to have them interact in a more enclosed space as opposed to just exploiting like Bruce flew the plane all the way over to Metropolis right, right, and then right. Clark had to fly over to Gotham. Like it's, it made way more sense to just have it across the river. So that made right, sense story wise right. on that. Did you have other questions? <laughs> just very <one>. important question <laughs> to, <laughs> to end this on. What's the what are the West Coast cities in in uh, DC Who land the fuck again? Is I, no, um, it's Arrow, <laughs> Arrow, right? Seattle, yeah. Seattle, well, just Seattle. What about the fake ones, <laughs> man? Come on, is an Arrow West Coast? Star, well, Star City, Star City, yeah, is kind of supposed to be Seattle. Sometimes, oh, yeah, it, that's it, right. It that's switches. Right. Sometimes it switches where Green Arrow is literally in Seattle. Oh, okay. So gotcha. it, it it depends. I think Brian Azzarello did an alternate take. Um, called First Wave, where his version of Gotham was also was like West Coast version of Gotham. It was oh, supposed okay. to be in like place a of West LA. Coast Avengers kind of thing. Yeah, well, it's supposed to be in his Gotham was basically LA. Okay. Instead, so that was his version of it, but also that I was. I mean, downtown LA is you're getting very similar to downtown LA is Gotham. Yeah. Yeah. Every time I those drive vibes. down there, <laughs> <laughs> blast that Hans Zimmer music. As Someone's got to clean up these streets. <laughs> Oh man! Well, is that ever? I don't know it, much everybody? about downtown Los Angeles. <laughs> uh, I think that's it. All right, everybody. This is uh, this has been another great episode. All right, yeah. Please, like he said, like he said, uh, check out our Patreon. That's Patreon.com/slash/SuperHousePodcast, where you can join the Shasta Army. Uh, and uh, we want to shout out Cookie Noms again and Alicia again. Uh, and uh, yeah, if you can join our one dollar tier, that'd be cool. And also. Give us a little write-up on iTunes. That that really helps out a lot to increase our exposure. 
And uh, we are Superhouse Podcasts on all the social media. And I'm Thunderwolf Drew on Instagram and Twitter. And we are specifically Superhouse Pod uh, as well on uh, Instagram, where you get to see all the stuff that uh, you might not get to see when just listening to us talk about it. Our Instagram is the most supplemental. Yes. Uh, well, yeah, pretty Two much more up to date than our YouTube currently. Yes. <laughs> right. Uh, and I am Ben Juan Ryder on Instagram. Check out our video podcast on YouTube, too. You can see us podcast and uh, all the fun. Uh, not for every episode, but, but for many episodes. Uh, more on that later. But, yeah, check out our YouTube page for that. And uh, Andrew signing off. Ben signing off. Network.